story of the Bible, there is a very curious thing that happens. When the people encounter God for the first time, they're living in the desert. You know, we know the story of Moses encountering God in the burning bush. And then through the whole story of the Exodus, the people walked with God. God was so close to them. But as soon as they reach the promised land, everything goes wrong. You know, the people suddenly get distracted by all the other gods of the land. It's almost like, you know, people who have lived in the country suddenly moving to the city and they forget everything which was good and beautiful about their previous life. You know, I'm sure that ancient Israel wasn't sort of filled with billboards and bright lights in the city, but I'm sure in their own way they had their own distractions. And there's almost a sense in which the God that they first encountered was the God of the desert, a God who was very quiet a God of silence. But once they now reach the place of the big cities, the place where they're mixing with other nationalities and these other nationalities had gods of the city, gods that were, you know, loud and big and they encountered you through big sensory encounters. You know, when when they talk about all the pagan worship that the Israelites got caught up in, gods of of Baal and Astarte, we need to understand that the the way that these gods were worshipped probably looked a little bit like the cross between a nightclub and a brothel. You know, it was was probably like going out to the city on a Friday night. That's, That's what these pagan gods were like in the temple. Whereas in the Jewish temple, the center of the temple, the Holy of Holies, was a room that was completely empty. And completely silent. And and this, I think, was the great contrast that the people struggled with. In their in their humanness, they wanted something exciting. They wanted something that they could, you know, get hyped up about. And this idea of having to try and slow themselves down to encounter the God of Israel. That just seemed too hard for them. And so they, this is why they kept going away from God. In the Christian tradition, there has always been something of this same wrestling going on. Because God hasn't changed. It's still the same God. And when we look down through the the spiritual tradition, we recognize that people have always gone to places that are like a desert to encounter God. You know, the whole monastic tradition started in the deserts of Palestine and Egypt. You know, people would literally go off and try and find a cave as far away from the noise of civilization as as they could. And there was almost this understanding that if you could go to a silent place, God would encounter you. You know, there wasn't a need to make a big effort in prayer. Because the God of the desert would meet you in the desert. As the tradition went on and Christianity started to spread, people tried to create their own deserts. And so even as monasteries moved into the very lush green areas of Europe, the way of life tried to create a desert. And so through ways of 
fasting and self-denial, through trying to live very simply, people would try and create a vacant space in which they could meet God. And this has always been deep at the heart of Christian spirituality. I find this interesting when you compare this to where modern spirituality has gone. Because we have now come into a modern age where it's almost like people have tried to create a way of finding God in the noise. Now, I find this particularly interesting coming out of the charismatic tradition where we will often create, you know, great music rallies and noise and drama and, and there's a lot of hype around it. And, and this is often a place where, God, where people do encounter God. But it's not necessarily a natural encounter. And I, I want to try and explain this carefully so you don't misunderstand me. I think there is a sense in which we can put ourselves in a place where we are surrounded by a religious environment, whether that is music and preaching and so on, which lifts us up to an encounter with God. But I don't think that necessarily contradicts the original tradition. You know, rather, I think it's almost like God is saying, you can encounter me in this place. But if you try and encounter me in this place 24 hours a day, it's just going to be exhausting. There's almost a more natural place to encounter God, which is in the ordinary, in the silence, in the desert. And the question is whether we can find a place in the space of our life which looks like that. You know, everyone does need those sort of mountaintop transfiguration experiences. And perhaps that does come with a lot of music and so on. But I think we also then need a lot of time where we're just walking through the valley with Jesus and encountering God in the stillness. In, in the ancient tradition, they spoke a lot about this need to create an interior hermitage. You know, the, the monks talked about the fact that you would go into the desert, into a hermitage, knowing that you weren't going to spend the rest of your life there. But the idea was to create an internal space of encounter, an internal space of stillness, where even when you were then called back into the city, into ministry, you were able to carry that hermitage with you. And I think there is something in that, that whole tradition, which can apply to us in our modern world. I very often talk to young people saying that before you get married, before kids come along, and before you get frantically busy with work, you need to really invest yourself in spirituality. Because this is a moment when you actually have the freedom to shape how you live rather than having all these demands shape it for you. This is the time when you really want to go deeper into relationship and create that little hermitage inside your heart so that when you are then called into your vocation and into the busyness, you never leave that hermitage. That can seem a little bit, you know, 
like fantasy, really, when you think of how busy you are. And yet we, we know that that has been the tradition. You know, we, we've had some of the great saints, you know, people like St. Gregory the Great or St. Athanasius, who, who lived their early years in a monastery and were then called into public life. You know, Gregory as a pope, Athanasius as a great theologian and had to fight many very fierce battles to defend the faith. And yet somehow the place they had come to in their early years, they were able to still carry with them. And I think there is something very, very possible for, for people to gain, as much as it may seem beyond your reach. I think the question here is whether you can start to find a space where you are able to become comfortable in the silence. You know, that's probably the first step because we live in a world which is afraid of silence. There's constant noise. You get in the car and the radio's on. You come home, the TV's on. You know, there is, there is always something, whether it's looking at your phone, flicking through Instagram. All of this is just noise and distraction. Could you imagine just stepping into the silence? You know, they, these, these are extra things we put onto our life. You know, there, there is enough noise already caring for kids and family members and so on. And I think we, we fill the gaps with noise because it's too hard to actually slow down and, and enter into the silence internally. But maybe we need to try to take back some space, you know, take back a bit of ground inside our hearts and create a space for silence, create a space where we're comfortable sitting just in that encounter with the God of the desert. Now, you may find some really uncomfortable things there, but you may also find the whispering of God speaking to you just how much he delights in you. The more that becomes a comfortable place to live, the more you're going to find yourself wanting to be there and, and trying to find ways to hold on to that space even in the busyness of all your other responsibilities. God will come to you in the desert. You know, you might find yourself sitting there for a long time, not knowing what to say or not knowing what to do, but just sit there anyway. You know, the God of the silence, the God of the desert will come to you. I remember a story, if I could just illustrate it by this. Many years ago, I was working in an indigenous community there was a group of young people from St. Vincent de Paul who were visiting and running activities for children. And this one young woman was meant to be running an activity series for, for young kids, but none of the kids turned up. And there was about half a dozen of the elderly women who were there. And so she thought, well, we may as well keep doing the craft activities. And she tried to make conversation with them and they didn't speak. And no matter what she said, there was, there was no engagement. And so she decided to just fulfill her duty for the next hour and just sat there doing this craft activity. But after 45 minutes of silence, one of these old women just started speaking. And then the next one started speaking. And they started telling her things about the community, which even other people in the community had never heard of before. 
they revealed to her really some of the deep secrets of how this community operated. And she realised the secret was that she had been silent for so long. It was almost as though she had proven to them that she was able to listen. And that was when the real gold of that encounter came out. When I heard that story, I thought there was something very much there about prayer and about this whole tradition of the desert. God wants to reveal the deep mysteries of his heart. But he wants to know that we're able to listen to what he has to say. If we're just looking for the quick fix, the, the instant stimulation or the, the quick bit of consolation, we'll only ever know the surface, the superficial things. But if we can be prepared to sit in the silence and wait, that's when the real mysteries of God will be revealed.